In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. This is D. Orlando Ledbetter of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution here with the 235th episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Everything you need to know about the Atlanta Falcons. The Falcons are coming off of a 21-16 loss to the New Orleans Saints on Sunday, finishing up the third quarter of the season. In the third quarter, they went 2-2. Two and two. Against the Saints in the 21-16 loss, they have now lost six of the last seven to the Saints. The series is uh, at 103 games, actually 104 in the playoffs, if you count the playoff game. They won that one, but in the regular season, the Falcons lead the series 52-51. to with the victory, the Saints clinched a playoff berth at 10 and 2. The Falcons dropped to 4 and 8. Here in the 235th episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast, we're going to discuss uh, all things offense. We're going to hear from Raheem Morris, Matt Ryan, and Julio Jones on Dirt Cutter and the play calling. Uh, don't want to single them out, but a lot of fans seem to think that's the problem. I seem to think it's blocking. The finesse offensive line is second down and two on a 13, and you can't mo- you can't push it forward two yards. No, I don't know. Maybe that's just too old school, and folks want to throw it all the time. But uh, if I can't get two yards, then I don't deserve to win the game. And the Falcons couldn't get the two yards. They uh, went up the middle, couldn't block it. Then uh, Gurley tried to bounce a run outside. That didn't work. Uh, So they lost seven yards. So then they're just floating the ball into the end zone. And it wasn't thrown accurately because the pocket collapsed. So, yeah, if that's all Dirk Cutter's fault, then he needs to go be responsible for that. Uh, We're going to discuss whether it's play calling versus execution via Julio Jones versus singling out the OC uh, or not. And, um, you know, Raheem's going to discuss that. And then you'll hear from Matt Ryan on on the uh, Wolves also. So, um, you know, third downs were big, you know, led to the time of possession. The Saints were um, converted on 8 of 17. They uh, were 6 and 9 in the first half with the game in order. Falcons could not run the ball. Matt Ryan, when the, before they... Got moving in the fourth quarter, only had 127 yards passing. They were jumping the routes again. Routes weren't breaking open. Uh, it was a tough day for the offense. So I'm going to direct you to Michael Cunningham's column, uh, Falcons Offense Flops Again on AJC.com. And, uh, you know, he, he breaks down how, in his view, the Falcons offense flopped again, which it did. Getting three field goals in the first half, 
when they needed touchdowns to beat the Saints, you're going to need touchdowns, not field goals. Two of them were short, 30 and 28. One was a 53-yarder, uh, which was, you know, um, they just stalled. So go to AJC.com, find that column. You can Google the headline, Falcons Offense Flops Again by Michael Cunningham. Right now we're going to go back-to-back with Coach Raheem Morris and then Matt Ryan. We'll then go to uh, peek ahead, uh, go over the game notes, hear from Julio Jones, uh, review the third quarter of the season, and then look ahead to the Los Angeles Chargers. So we got a lot here this morning, but we want to go ahead and get to that. Let's start here with Coach Morris. Quarters against New Orleans, Coach, how much of that is play calling and scheme? You know, I think this team has only given up one touchdown, and I can't tell you how many quarters against a bunch of people. you got to really give the credit to the defense first. We'll have to go back and evaluate our stuff like we always do and find out we can do better to try to be more successful versus this defense. But you really got to give Dennis Allen and his crew and his defense and all those guys over there across the ball a lot of credit. Do you have confidence in, in Dirk moving forward? You know, I'm very confident in our team just in general. And then you'll never separate anybody when you're talking about team. You know, the confidence that flows to us in order to go out there and dictate terms, try to win the game that we need to do, we have a lot of confidence in that. We did not do that today. Um, those things every week will always be looked at. They'll always be judged. They'll always be judged. And you can always play Monday morning quarterback. We refuse to do that here. We will always come out ready to game plan and go to our next opponent. Hey, we're playing Monday morning quarterback. We don't have to abide by those rules. So uh, go read Cunningham's column. He's playing a Sunday afternoon quarterback. He didn't like the play calling. Uh, some of the other things. And the money's on the offensive side of the ball. They got to carry the team. They didn't do it. Here's Matt Ryan. You guys, as you said, try to put your best foot forward, do the best job, but you also be put in the best situations possible. You still have confidence uh, in Dirk, and you still think he's a good fit for you in this offense? Yeah, I do. I've got confidence. You know, Dirk does a, a good job of, of, you know, putting the plan together and, and putting us in situations to be successful. I think – uh, like every week, you know, there's some things, you know, he would do differently. And, you know, there's things we got to do differently as players uh, and make plays when uh, the situations present themselves. So, you know, that's that's how I feel at this point. I feel like, you know, we, we've got to find a way to get the job done. We've got four games to go. And uh, hopefully we can be, you know, the most productive we've been all year in this last quarter. After no touchdowns in the first game against them three weeks ago, what were you trying to do today? And then how did the Saints react to those adjustments? Uh, specifically in the red area or just in general? Just in general. Was there anything you're like, all right, we could, could capitalize? Uh, was it just red zone situations, I guess, from a couple of weeks ago that you're trying to flip today? Yeah, I think, you know, number one, we wanted to, to you know, be productive and, and make first downs on first and second down. And uh, I think for the most part, we didn't do a good enough job of that. You know, we needed to be more efficient first and second down, create explosives that way. When we did, we kind of got into drives and, and we're moving the ball well when we did not. Uh, put us in tough third down situations with one of the best third down defenses in the league. On the final Hail Mary, just uh, close your eyes, Chuck, as far as you can and pray. Yeah, you're hoping. You know, you're hoping. Calvin did a great job uh, of getting out of bounds and giving us a chance there uh, at the end to, to have a final throw at it. And, uh, you know, it's, it's one of those things you try and put it up, give your guys a chance, and hope the ball bounces the right way. Unfortunately for us, it didn't. There's Matt Ryan discussing the end of the game. Dirk Cutter, play calling, uh, his view on things. So 
Uh, let's move ahead. We're going to peek ahead to the draft. Right now, according to uh, the good folks at Tankathon, which, you know, they were off a little bit last time, but uh, they have the Falcons at the eighth spot going into, uh, you know, at the completion of this week. They're in the uh, eighth spot. Uh, Jets won, Jacksonville two, Cincinnati, uh, Chargers, Dallas, Philly, Carolina, Atlanta, but Miami and Denver are, are in that group too, and the Falcons, uh, beat Denver, so, um, you know, they're in the top ten, I don't, and, uh, you know, so they would, uh, they have a tiebreaker over Denver, so they would be behind them, uh, I think I got a, the official orders, you know, we'll work with this. They're somewhere between eight and 10 and they have them taking Gregory Russo, the uh, six foot six, 251 pound edge rusher with, uh, I think he opted out this year, but 15.5 sacks uh, last year uh, for the Miami Hurricanes. So, um, they need edge rushers. So that makes sense. I also think they need to, um, I don't know if they can rebuild the line, but, I mean, you got to um, – that's why the Falcons have trouble when they go against the AFC teams because uh, they they play in more smash-mouth ball there. You got lines that uh, can, can move the pile, uh, can pick up two yards. They're not throwing the ball on, on second and two. Um, so, you know, they got to play – they got to be able to play power football in these short yardage situations. I thought they had something last year when uh, – Quadri Allison would come in and pick up the short yard stuff, uh, but he hasn't been active. So, uh, been a, a lost year for him. Uh, would like to, you know, see some more power added to the offense. We've got to have uh, uh, Keith Smith at fullback, but, uh, you know, they gave it to Gurley, and uh, he, did, he didn't like what he saw in the middle, so that's why he tried to bounce it. But they got to move forward in that, that category also. Uh, so now we're going to go to the game notes, and then uh, we'll hear from Julio on uh, Coach uh, Cutter, uh, review the third quarter, and then uh, look ahead to the Chargers, who are 3-9. and nine. Winners and losers I got from my Axios Sports Newsletter. Uh, they had the NFL winners and losers uh, this morning. Uh, Jeff Tracy over there does a fine job. Uh, young Way Koo, another perfect day. Three for three field goals, one for one. Uh, PAT, the Falcons kickers remains the league's leading scorer at 109 points. Finding comfort in Atlanta after bouncing around since 2017. One of the teams that bounced them were the San Diego Chargers. So it would be interesting. Um, you know, he'll get to go up against them this week. Well, the Los Angeles Chargers. Let's go on and get that right. Uh, hopefully, we won't be San Diego and you all this week. Uh, and then he noted that Tyson Hill, the Saints' dual-threat quarterback, after rushing for four TDs in his first two starts, Hill finally threw his first career touchdown in an efficient day under center, 27-37, 232, two touchdowns, 83 yards rushing. And the first touchdown, my gosh, uh, Tyquan Smith was wide open, uh, Traquan, and then um, Jared Cook made a real tough catch there. But, yeah, he's, the Falcons dared him to be accurate. They dropped in their little zones, and uh, and he was accurate. So that uh, he was accurate 27 of uh, 
37. So let's go to the game notes here. Okay, just getting the computer going. That's out of the way. Uh, Matt Ryan was 19 of 39. 273 yards, including one touchdown. He had an 80.4 passer rating. Uh, you know, you know, the last game was one of his worst passer rating games in 114 games. Calvin Ridley had his eighth 100-yard game, five catches for 108. Julio had six catches for 94. Russell Gage had a big third-down drop early. Could have kept the sticks moving. I saw him drop that same pass in practice um, last week. Four catches for 51, including a 10-yard touchdown catch in the fourth quarter. The second touchdown of the season, third of his career. Okay, young way as we stated, three for three, uh, made his extra point fifty three, and you hate these thirty yard and twenty eight yard field goals. That's just red zone stops written all over it. Uh, he's made twenty four straight field goals all since week four, and he's also made a fifty yard plus. Uh, field goal for the fourth consecutive game. They say this is the longest streak in franchise history. Tied for the longest such streak in a single season since the NFL-AFL merger in 1970. This is also Ku's seventh game with at least three made field goals this season. Tied with Matt Bryan, who did it in 2012 and 2016 for the most. In a single season in franchise history. He's also currently tied with Jay Feely, 32, in 2002 for the most, second most field goals made in a single season uh, in franchise history. Defensively, Foyer Olukan led the team in tackles with 13. He also had a he also has a career-high 87 tackles so far this season. Uh, tough defensive end, Stephen Means, by any means necessary, had two sacks. Um, it was his first multiple-sack game of his career, a first-time posting back-to-back -back games with a sack. He also forced a fumble that was recovered by Deion Jones. Kyler gave the Falcons some life there in the fourth quarter, got him moving, led to the sole touchdown drive. And uh, A.J. Terrell, we'll be talking to him later today, uh, totaled a career-high nine tackles. Let's look at some of the other uh, stats from the game. First downs, 23-21. to 21. Uh, New Orleans, third downs, they were 8-17. Falcons were 5-13. Total net yards, 424-332. to 332. They ran 75 plays. They weren't, you know, trying to run ball control. And uh, 6, 63 to the Falcons. Average gain for the Saints was 5.8. And for the Falcons, 3.3. They got outbrushed 270, 207 yards to 70. Then the uh, Falcons outgained them in the air, 273 to 213. Seven two seventeen. Um, hey, gotta give it up. This is a sign of a well-coached team here, and you know Falcons didn't win, but I mean one penalty for fifteen yards. I mean that was in the uh, Grady's uh, necessary roughness hit, but um, you know that I like to see that. You know when you got a team out there not committing penalties, 
Uh, that's a well-coached team. Now, if the talent's up to, you can get the talent up to to the coach, and then you got a, um, you know, you got something there. So, you know, give Coach Raheem credit. They're playing with a lot of discipline out there, not making a lot of mistakes. Uh, you know, maybe um, they might be getting – sometimes you, the other team's better than you. And that might be the case here with the Saints and the Falcons. Uh, whereas the Saints had 10 penalties for 79 yards. The turnover battle was even at 1-1. One one. Uh, punting. The Saints had 5 for 39.8. The Falcons had 5 for 43.6. Oh, Sterling Hoffrichter doing pretty good. Yeah, the way we're looking at it. Touchdowns, 3-1. to one. Field goals, 0. Uh, Will Lutz missed one. Oh, Lutz from Georgia State missed a 40-yarder, whereas Koo was 3-for-3. Three three. But you weren't going to field goal to death the Saints. So that's really a... Feel bad for Koo. He's doing his job, but it signals of a major problem in the red zone. Time of possession was woo, 36-54 to 23-06. Almost a full 13 minutes there. Matt Ryan again, uh, 273, 19-39, one touchdown. Uh, Rush and Edo Smith led him again. He got a concussion. Uh... Or head injury, they didn't come back and say concussion. They get all jumpy sometimes about that, whether it was a concussion or not. But he had 36. Brian Hill tiptoeing. I've seen enough. I, we got Brooks James on the practice squad. So, you know, down the stretch, we're going to start seeing some people here, I think. Uh, Julio, six. We got Calvin. We got that cover. We got the tackles. Oh, Deion Jones with 10. A.J. Terrell with nine. Means with two. Deion Jones with the one fumble recovery. And then we got Youngway Koo with the long of 53 yards. Now let's go ahead and hear from Julio Jones here. You know, uh, the um, everybody wants to know about the play calling. About the, about the play, play calling and Coach Cutter. What have you thought of the play calling and is that part of the problem at all? Um, no, I think it comes down to execution. They definitely execution. Um, but it's, you know, it's like, like I said, West Ham, like you don't say West Ham, West Ham, West Ham. But like, if it's some situation there or how they played us early in the game, okay, let's make in-game adjustments. All right, let's get after them doing this. If they're doing this, let's get after them doing it. Like, I will say that. You know what I'm saying? But it's hard for me. I don't know. He's in a box. I can't see. Say that you know what I'm saying, but it's hard for me. I don't know. He's in the box. I can't see. That's Julio Jones. Just rewinded that real quick. Make sure we had it. He said he's in the box. I can't see. Sound like he was calling for some better in-game adjustments, but don't want to put any words in Julio's mouth. That's why I wanted to roll that back. So I think we're going. I didn't have a title for this one coming in, but I think I just got it. Uh, Cutters play calling. Versus players execution. Hey, pick a side. I see y'all on Twitter. I know what side y'all folks are on. Uh, but hey, after hearing everybody, you know, coach doesn't want to single out anybody. Matt Ryan's kind of like, um, hey, we got to execute. Julio is like, hey, in game adjustments, we got to execute. 
So if they're doing something in the first half, then you got to switch it up. You know, that's fluid because, you know, you, you get ready all week. You know, you know, you got the plays in, you got your sheet together. Um, and, you know, they they pretty much played them the way they played them the last time. So uh, you should have had some some counters to, to, the, to this. And they were out. They were without uh, Janoris Jenkins, who was the main one grabbing everybody last time. And then uh, Patrick uh, Robinson went down, former Florida State kid. Uh, so they were down two corners, and uh, the Falcons weren't able to take uh, advantage of them, you know. Uh, so uh, Saints carrying on with a number one ranked defense, 10 and 2. Trying to wrap up the number one seed in the NFC, closing in on their fourth consecutive NFC title. No, that doesn't make the Falcons fans happy, but that's what's happening right now in 2020. So let's review the third quarter here and set up the fourth. Uh, they won against the Broncos, 34-27, went on a bye week, lost to the Saints, 24-9. Then in their best game of the season, just uh, you know, bum rushed the Raiders, forty-one to six. That forty-three to six. Yeah, I might have that written down wrong. Well, they, oh wait a minute, I got it right here. Let's just double check that one. Raiders, 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 Raiders. Uh, yep, beat the Raiders in the best game of the year. Then uh, Saints yesterday, twenty-one to six. So the um, Chargers are up next, uh, December the 6th, 1 o'clock. Bucks at Chargers at L.A. Then they got the Bucks at home in the final home game on December the 13th. Then they're at Kansas City in, on December the 20th, which could be a cold game. And then at the Bucks on January the 3rd. So... The final quarter of the season is upon us. We've made it through 12. Falcons are 4-8. and eight. Have an uh, interim coach looking for a new G general manager. And uh, stuff should start happening there here after week 14. You can start lining up interviews uh, and so forth. Everybody kept telling me mid-December, the uh, agents, uh, the Falcons, uh, the uh, candidates that we've talked to we've been making calls uh just trying to you know make sure that uh you know we're um can cover the um coaching and general manager searches for you all so we're we're um we'll be uh looking at those two things as a team tries to finish up the season here over the last quarter and they'll go to L.A., uh, item number five, before we get out of here, playing the the Los Angeles Chargers, who are having a disappointing 3-9 and nine season. Uh, they were on hard knocks with the Rams, so we got to see some of that. You know, Darren James got hurt. That was in that defense. They looked like they were on the come last year, but, uh, you know, they started to – they decided to reboot, let Phillip Rivers go, uh, drafted Justin Herbert, uh, you know, and uh, you know they tried to play Tyrod Taylor, but then got him hurt by the doctors who punctured his lung. So it's been a tough, tough sledding for uh, for Coach Anthony Lynn and the Los Angeles Chargers. The Falcons have been installed as uh, two and a half point favorites going into this game, and so uh, you know we haven't seen that. We knew this would be the one game they'd be favored down the. Um, last eight games of the season uh 
Denver maybe was the other one, but I knew they weren't going to be favored against the Saints, Raiders, Saints, Bucks, KC, Bucks. So they got to go get this one to get to uh, five and um, five and eight. And then, uh, you know, that gauntlet down the end against Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady. We knew that was sitting there for them. Now, the playoff picture is taking shape in the NFC. I wasn't going to talk about the Falcons in the playoff picture until they beat, you know, the Saints. So, they didn't beat them. So, there's no real playoff um, deal here. They're not mathematically eliminated. They're 8-8. Eight and eight. Uh, uh, The best they could be is 8-8. Eight and eight. And the 7th and 8th uh, spots are held by 6-6. Six and six. Minnesota and six and six Arizona. So if they expand to eight, Arizona would be in. If they stay at seven, the Vikings are in. The Falcons will have to run the table here, and those guys will have to lose, uh, you know, their games. And they have the tiebreaker over the Vikings. So uh, all hope's not totally lost. But if you think they can run the table against the Chargers, Bucks, Chiefs, and Bucks, hey, go for it. So with that, we're going to get out of here with the 235th episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at AJC. Subscribe to the paper on AJC.com. Our uh, Facebook page, Atlanta Falcons News Now. So you can get all that, get all your uh, coverage from uh, Michael Cunningham, Mark Bradley, myself, correspondent Jason H. Butt. Uh, we're going to be here for the last month of the season. Uh, the CF Coach Raheem's going to keep these boys playing at a high level. I like the one penalty thing there. That's a uh, good coaching. So with that, we're going to get on out of here. Take care. We'll be back on Wednesday. The preview of the Chargers. Take care and have a great rest of your week. Music by DJ Magic. Hip hop is a product of black people. It's a product of black song and celebration. The Atlanta Journal Constitution presents Hip Hop's most pulled elements are pulled from the South. A Southern hip hop store. We always go back to that moment of the Source Awards. Everybody wants your rhythm, but they don't want your blues. The biggest names in hip-hop. Atlanta is still the mecca for hip-hop. 50 years. No one can deny. One film. The power of the South now. The South got something to say. Streaming now at AJC.com slash hip-hop. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluesteak, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC.